I'm Dr. Joe Esposito, and welcome to our podcast for the health of it. Remember to subscribe to our podcasts, and I'll help you naturally get well and stay well. The information presented on this program is not intended to take the place of your personal physician's advice, and it is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Discuss this information with your own physician or healthcare provider to determine what is right for you. Are you suffering needlessly? Dr. Joe can give you advice on how to naturally get well and stay well. Dr. Joe Esposito. We're talking today about addiction. Now, we've really got so much to cover on this, we may even have to do a second part of it. But the first half of the show, we talked about how the things that you're addicted to affect your brain. And we talked about the parts of the brain that are being stimulated, the nucleus accumbens, the, the amygdala, the hippocampus, and how the brain learns these pleasurable uh, habits, these pleasurable actions that become habits, and how hard it is to break these habits. And the one thing that I found that works extremely well, along with behavioral modification and everything else, is you have to address the level of nutrition in your body. Most people that have addictions are depleted in many uh, vital nutrients. So some of the things I want to discuss in this part of the show, I've got so much more to cover, but I want to get this covered, is we have to make sure that your body is getting the nutrients that it requires. Most people that eat a good plant-based diet are not going to have these big addictions because the body is getting so many of the nutrients that they require day to day, not even week to week, but day to day. So I get my patients on Dr. Joe's Super Greens and Dr. Joe's Essential Source right away. And everybody should be taking that anyway, but those are the nutrients that you really want to get into your body as quickly as possible for all of us. Because we all have addictive personalities. It's what the brain does. The brain wants pleasure. So Super Greens is an essential source. Uh, if it's a caffeine or a stimulant, I recommend Dr. Joe's nitric oxide support. I have to take mine in the morning. I can't take it at night. I can't sleep. It gives me so much energy. Um, adrenal support and B-complex. Those are the four supplements that I would recommend right away to try to get the brain functioning uh, hopefully toward normalcy again. You got to give up the addicting foods. What are the addicting foods? They're the seven deadly sins. The seven deadly sins of, of nutrition I have talked about for years. Alcohol, meat, sugar, dairy, coffee, soda, and artificial sweeteners. All of them except for meat really have a big impact on the dopamine receptor sites. The meat has somewhat, but the other ones are much more. And so when you give up those foods, uh, first day or two, you might not be happy. That's okay. Deal with it. By the third day, most people are fine, and they can start eating more fruits, vegetables, nuts, and seeds. That's really important. Your stomach is a key player, and the gut is a key player in mental health. Uh, what we do is we take a break, and at the break, we take questions from people because we live stream a lot of these shows. And one of the questions was, can you fix the brain without fixing the gut? And in my opinion, the answer is a resounding no. The gut is where the bacteria are. They produce neurotransmitters. Your stomach breaks proteins into amino acids. The amino acid tryptophan becomes serotonin. Tyrosine becomes dopamine. Glutamine becomes GABA, which suppresses pain, which a lot of times we do. Uh, we have addictive personalities to cover up pain or override pain. So if we don't get the stomach breaking proteins into amino acids to produce neurotransmitters, it can't work. So what are some things we can do for the gut? Number one if you have acid reflux, heartburn, burping, gas, bloating, your stomach could actually be pushed up into your diaphragm. And if the stomach is pushed up into the diaphragm, you're not digesting your food properly. And so step number one is we've got to make sure if you have that problem to pull the stomach away from the diaphragm. I ate a huge meal two days, three days ago. Um, I went to an Ethiopian restaurant. I haven't had Ethiopian food in forever, and I ate way too much food. My stomach 
burst up, I think, into my, into my diaphragm. And so for three days, I felt fat. My stomach was bloated. I had trouble swallowing. I felt like something caught in my throat. Uh, so I grabbed Dr. Amy, one of my doctors, and I said, I need you to pull my stomach down away from my diaphragm. All my doctors know how to do this. I trained them to do it. And be honest with you, a lot of it is selfish because I have this problem periodically. So she got in there and she pulled my stomach away from the diaphragm. And it took about a day. My stomach flattened out. My, my, my digestive system returned to normal. I felt better. I didn't have coughing or things caught in my throat. Um, so mine, because I've gotten it fixed so many times, it's easier to fix when it does act up. But if you have any of these symptoms, you may want to come see us and we can pull the stomach away from the diaphragm. Um, so we got to get the nutrition right. You got to get the digestive system right. Probiotics are a huge player in making sure the, the digestive system is working properly. Most of us are destroying our bacteria and our colon every single day. How do we do it? Chlorine in water, just drinking tap water. Uh, chlorine bleach, if you bleach your clothes. Uh, if you go to a swimming pool, if you're doing uh, uh, meats and dairy products, many times they have antibiotics in them, and those antibiotics can get into your body and wipe things out. Not eating enough probiotics, not eating enough fruits and vegetables that feed the bacteria in the colon. Uh, constipation, diarrhea, uh, alcohol. So if you're doing these things, it's really important to, to reseed or recolonate the colon. And we do that with Dr. Joe's probiotics. And we have that on the website, drjoe.com. Once again, I'm not an addiction expert here. I'm just telling you what I know. I, I've seen work on other patients uh, in my career. And also, I mean, I, I love my sugars too. Once I have a cookie, I can't stop. So I'll, I'm telling you my personal experience along with the scientific literature that, that clearly shows we got to get the gut working to get the brain working as well. So we got to get the nutrients, got to fix the gut. You got to get the probiotics right. And then you got to just get a good diet. And if you have pain, if you have neck pain, back pain, shoulder pain, numbness, tingling, many times you think, well, I'm just taking over-the-counter acetaminophen. I'll just take some ibuprofen. Ibuprofen have been shown to destroy, essentially, uh, your liver over time. And so you need to take a supplement called glutathione. If you're taking any type of medication, I do recommend glutathione because glutathione helps the liver heal. And on the website, drjoe.com, that's one of our supplements, glutathione. When I formulate our supplements, I look at what do most people need? What do people, what are people lacking and how can I supply that for them? And so that's why I take glutathione every day anyway, but it can also help, especially if you're taking medications. So if you have pain, uh, we said at the break earlier, chiropractic care is the most effective, least expensive treatment for pain, back pain, neck pain, shoulder pain. So if you have pain, it's a good idea to come see us and let's see if we can treat the pain naturally without uh, medication. Get to the cause of the pain, not just treat the symptoms. Again, it's your call what you do, but... That's what we find works best, and that's what research shows as well. And then hopefully if we are on medications, we can start to wean you off the medications. I am never going to take a patient off medication. Our goal is to get you well enough so you don't need the medication. There's a difference there. So getting to the cause of the problem is going to be the key, and that those are the things I recommend we do right away with anyone who has any type of addiction whatsoever. Let's start being proactive. We can give you drugs. We can give you drugs to interact with serotonin in the brain, interact with dopamine in the brain, uh, but... I'd much rather get to the cause and then just treat the symptoms. So behavioral changes that occur, you start to wonder, am I really, do I really have an addiction? Unrealistic or poor assessment of the pros and cons associated with the substance or behavior. Well, gambling isn't all that bad. I could always make more money. You know, I just have wine at night because I like to unwind or I like to have a beer at night. I had a stressful day. I like to go out and have a drink. Okay. You start assessing the pros and cons. Well, if you drink, you can drive, get in a car accident, kill somebody. If you get pulled over, it's at least $10,000. It's going to affect your job. Yeah, but I need to unwind. 
So you start having ir- uh, poor assessment, unrealistic aspect, uh, assessment. Blaming other factors for people uh, for your problems. You know, that Garrett just aggravates the heck out of me every day. So when I go home, I have to have a glass of wine. Well, that's not Garrett's fault that I'm drinking wine. Okay, it's, it's my fault that I'm drinking wine. And that's not a case, by the way. I just use Garrett as an example. So Le- uh, increased levels of anxiety, depression, or sadness. These are signs that there may be an addic- addiction issue. Uh, trouble identifying feelings. And trouble telling the difference between feelings and physical sensations of one's emotions. Uh, you're happy. You're sad. You have trouble distinguishing these things. And you start looking outside uh, to get those pleasure centers stimulated. And when you have these things happening, you got to be careful because experts believe that repeated and early exposure to addictive uh, substances and behaviors play a significant role. Children have trouble if you give them alcohol. Whatever your, whatever your beliefs are, I don't think you know, 21 should be the drinking age. I think it should be younger. I get that. But there's a part of the brain called the prefrontal cortex. The prefrontal cortex uh, is the part of your brain that's a filter. It determines uh, a, a reward and a punishment. So I know that if I get caught drinking at my age, I understand the punishments. If my prefrontal cortex wasn't formed properly, I'd be like, ah, I don't care. Uh, you may do risky things when you're younger, jumping out of airplanes, getting in fights, because the prefrontal cortex isn't formed until you're about 25 years old. So the more exposure you have to these things when you're younger, the more likely you are to have addictions as you're older. Genetics also increase the likelihood of addiction by about 50%. If you come from a family of addicts, you have a higher risk of being an addict. You come from a fat family, higher risk of being fat. My family, pretty heavy. When I was young, I was pretty heavy. Okay, so and, and so I still struggle with this. I always joke, I don't struggle with meals anymore every day. I struggle with meals every meal. I've got to make sure that everything I eat is not going to trigger those pleasure centers in my brain because I'm going to go right back to them. And bread's an easy one at this point. I want some bread. Yeah, I want more bread. Uh, not just because addiction runs in the family, uh, but you have a, a genetic predisposition. So you got to be more careful. We talk about that with every disease we, uh, we've ever done a show on. So environment and culture play a role in how a person responds to substance uh, or behavior, and the lack or disruption in a person's social support system can lead to substance uh, issues as well. So if you have a good support system and then suddenly uh, you start dating somebody who drinks, and you're going to go, well, I'll just have a drink with them. I'll have another drink with them. Okay, so it, it, your support system is really important to surround yourself with people um, that are going to help get you to your goals. And that's a whole nother lecture on uh, success, and, and uh, I don't want to go into that today, but it really makes a big difference. Traumatic experience that affect coping abilities can also lead to addictive behaviors. If I don't get to th- this part today, we may do a second part of the show next week. Um, trauma as a youth can lead to addiction, and that could be sexual trauma, physical trauma, uh, mental trauma, um, if you're homeless. So traumas can lead to addictions as well, so we've got to be careful with that. And so if you didn't have a good childhood, and that's another reason why if you want to have kids, please be a good parent. And that's really important because you don't, and you know, the founder of chiropractic, B.J. Palmer, said, we don't know how far reaching a thought deed or action will be and affect millions of people later on. We don't know. So that's why always think before you act, and especially as a parent, make sure you think before you act uh, because those things can have really adverse effects on a kid. The kid is not a punching bag. The kid is not something that you can use to, to bounce off your stress. Um, 
the role as a parent, and I'm going off on a tangent again here, the role as a parent is to give, give unconditional love. It's not the child's job to give you unconditional love. It's your job to give them unconditional love. So when they screw up and they do stupid things, and they will because you did too when you were a kid, a good parent is going to scream at somebody else but not the kid. And uh, that's going to help raise a healthy child. And that can help prevent addictions later on. So four stages of addiction. You start to experiment. I'm going to try some booze. I'm going to try some pot. I'm going to try some heroin, whatever it is. Uh, social or regular stage, uses or engages in social situations for, for social reasons. Well, I'm going out with my friends. We're all going to smoke pot. Okay. Problem or risk, the, use, the user engage in an extreme way with disregard for consequences. Well, I'm going to get high and I'm going to drive home. It's not going to matter. I did it five times last week. What's one more time? And then dependency. And that's where the addiction becomes a serious addiction is you can't survive without it. So complications, physical, could lead to heart disease, could lead to uh, sexual diseases, could lead to neurological damage. And again, as a chiropractor and a pain management expert, we see a lot of patients with neurological damage, and we have to then try to unravel or undo a lot of this. And that's why every patient that comes in our offices, we do a chiropractic evaluation, but we also do a nutritional evaluation. And I don't know of any other clinics that really do that, a medical chiropractic really anywhere, um, because we want to get to the physical and the chemical. So if we gave you the best chiropractic care in the world, if you had the best surgery in the world or the best dental work in the world, if you don't address the chemical issues of getting the body healthy, chances are you're not going to get all the results that you want. And that's why every patient that comes in our office, we do nutritional evaluations. Um, just before we did this show, a patient walked in the office and he was there to pick up supplements. And my staff always says, are you a patient here? We want to put it in their file. And they said, I used to be. Uh, and you know, I probably need to come back again. I said, good, he got it. And so we booked him an appointment. Um, but with chiropractic care, there's three phases. There's get the, get the pain under control, stabilize the joints, and then maintenance care. And that's why I do think that everybody should get a periodic maintenance evaluation with a chiropractor, just like you do your dentist, your eye doctor, just to make sure there's no issues because the nervous system controls everything. And physically, we can damage the nervous system, but with uh, addictive uh, things like drugs and alcohol and food, we can as well. Um, there can be psychological and emotional issues uh, if it's left untreated. Anxiety, stress, depression, social issues, such as how about jail time or uh, damaged relationships, and economic issues, such as, of course, bankruptcy and that, or, or going into debt uh, because you're not thinking logically. And again, I'm not going to say it's not your fault because you are part of it, but you have to realize that there are issues in the brain that occur that unless you understand it's a brain issue and the steps to take, it's really hard to beat an addiction. So this, let, I want to talk about the science behind food addiction. I know Garrett and I brushed on that earlier in the first part of the show. But refined sugar and processed foods are an important component of food addiction and your ability to follow a healthy diet. Every single day, patients send me emails or call me or run into me in, in the office or stop me on the street. And they'll say, Dr. Joe, I really want to eat like you eat, but I can't. I can't eat a healthy diet because I can't give up my bacon. I can't give up my cookies. I can't give up my fancy $8 coffee drinks. I can't give up, and you fill in the blank, whatever yours is. The answer is you can. You just choose not to, and that's okay if you choose not to. That's your call, but don't say you can't because you can, and one of the problems is that uh, Garrett and I were talking, and Sierra were talking earlier, that sugar is everywhere. And sugar is in food, it's in drinks, it's in candies, uh, it's in medications. 
I mean, it's amazing where sugar is. And when sugar gets into the body, it does stimulate the nucleus accumbens. And the nucleus accumbens is where the dopamine is released. And then the dopamine is released. And then the hypothalamus and the amygdala says, oh, yeah, I remember last time we did this, I got high from it. Let's go do it again. And so it affects many, many issues of uh, of your life and your brain, and that's why it's so hard to beat the addiction. So the correlation between food addiction and recreational drug addiction is striking. Same part of the brain is stimulated. It's probably stronger than most people suspect. A critical player in all forms of addiction is, again, dopamine. When that dopamine is released, we want to do everything we can to release it again and again and again and again. And that's why it's so hard to get away from it, and then society makes it available. Alcohol, it's everywhere. Sugar, everywhere. Cookies, cakes, donuts, pastas, everywhere. How do we celebrate? Do we ever celebrate with broccoli? No, you never celebrate. Wait, so cookies and cakes and donuts, we're going out for a drink. Okay, we're going to have a drink, and then we're going to have some cake. Uh, and then we're going to maybe, uh, you know, if, again, if, I, if you're in a certain circles, maybe go out and do some drugs, things that are going to stimulate those dopamine pleasure centers, and that's how you celebrate. And I always laugh that we shouldn't celebrate by getting ourselves sick, we should celebrate by, by getting ourselves healthy. It's my birthday. I'm going to fast today. If I fast today, I'm going to really cleanse my body. That too, by the way, starts releasing dopamine. However, there's a struggle to get there. It's not comfortable to get into that fasting stage. But when you do, once you get used to fasting, and when I say fasting, you don't have to do it all day. You could just skip dinner. Once you get into this fasting, like intermittent fasting, that's what we talk about, uh, if you just skip a meal a day, you start getting really high from it. Now, first couple of days, no, but after about the third or fourth day, the brain starts releasing dopamine because the body says, okay, again, the amygdala and the hippocampus are saying, I'm remembering that when I do this, I feel good. And so that's what you want to do more and more of. So exercise, some people get addicted to exercise. Uh, I knew a gal one time and she was a very attractive girl and she worked out every day. And then she'd work out twice a day. And then I remember she said, well, I'd go for a 26 mile run today. 26 mile run, that, that, that's a marathon. And she'd do that and then go to yoga class. What was happening was it was releasing so much dopamine in her body. I remember talking to her and saying, listen, it's too much exercise. You're producing too many what we call free radicals. And the free radicals are eating away at your joints and it's eating away at your skin and it's not healthy. And then uh, several years went by, five, 10 years went by, and I ran into her at an event I was doing. I was a guest speaker and I didn't even recognize her. She looked so old and so haggard. And I said, so what are you doing? She goes, oh, I'm still working out. She couldn't break her exercise addiction, knowing what it was doing to her. She still couldn't break that exercise addiction. Now, you would think that's a good thing to be addicted to. Too much of a good thing wasn't good. And what was happening is it was stimulating the brain. So there's two types of pleasure and reward uh, that are deeply primal. One is sex and the other is food. Those are the two ones that go, we, we need those to survive. Both are absolutely essential if we're going to survive as a species. So we found that to be pleasurable. Uh, at the break, we were talking about dogs and babies and Sierra and Garrett were talking. And we, we, uh, we find them pleasurable uh, through evolution because if we didn't, we wouldn't put up with them. Who wants to put up with a dog barking at 2 o'clock in the morning or a baby peeing themselves? It's a lot of work. But because they release pleasure, uh, pl pleasure hormones in our brain, uh, we tolerate them. You know, I've never hated and loved something as much as I do this dog. Well, that's because they drive you crazy, but there are pleasure centers being, uh, being stimulated. So your brain can secrete dopamine uh, simply by looking at a picture. 
You'd be, oh, it's a puppy, it's a dog, it's, it's, it's my, my family. That can release dopamine. And you're not going to feel the pleasure or the reward unless the dopamine binds to its receptor, which is called a D2 receptor. So the dopamine has to be released, and then it has to be absorbed. So we started the show earlier on by saying you're either not releasing enough dopamine or you're not, the D2 receptor sites aren't working properly. You may not be absorbing the dopamine. So D2 receptors are located throughout the reward centers in the brain. And when dopamine links into this receptor, immediate changes take place in the brain cells. And then you experience that hit of pleasure or reward. It's instantaneous. That dopamine hits the D2 receptor site. Boom. I like it. I want more. However, if you eat an apple, you might feel pleasure. But chances are you're not going to get addicted to it. Whereas if you eat a cake... Uh, especially people that have vulnerable brains where the D2 receptor sites might not be working properly, uh, can lead to over-the-top pleasure and drive to compulsion. So what happens is if I eat an apple, uh, it has fiber, it has vitamins, it has minerals, it has nutrients, and so I get a little bit of sugar and I enjoy the apple. It's very pleasurable, but then I, I, I substitute it with something called a birthday cake. And if that birthday cake is available 24-7 and so are apples, what am I going to choose? I'm going to choose the birthday cake because it's giving me so much more stimulation of the D2 uh, receptor sites are being activated more and I'm getting high from it. So it has to do about quality and quantity. Because again, the apple is going to have vitamins, minerals, nutrients, and fiber. The birthday cake is going to be pure sugar. And just thinking about birthday cake right now, what am I doing? I'm craving a birthday cake. Because my brain remembers years and years ago when I had birthday cakes, and it says, I remember that, and that gave me a good high. Why don't I have more of that? It's like a computer saying, you know, please give me more pleasure. So people who are vulnerable, of course, if you have an early history of abuse or trauma, uh, you might have mood issues, a history of addiction yourselves or genetic, uh, genetically in the family. These people are much higher risk of to develop addictive-like eating behaviors. So if you had a trauma as a child, you're more likely to have these addictions. And it's a, uh, this is especially uh, when they regularly consume things called the hyperpalatables. So again, if I have a piece of birthday cake, I'll have a craving for a little bit and then it'll go away. But if you're constantly being uh, exposed to these hyperpalatables, uh, refined sugar, processed sugars, fats, and salt, we said earlier uh, in food chemistry, uh, the, the, the magic uh, trio is gonna be fats, carbohydrates, and salt. Those are the things that you're going to want to eat more and more and more of. And so if you expose yourself to a little bit of it and you're susceptible, more people, some people are more susceptible than others. So addictive eating behavior by current estimates affects to some degree one in 12 adults. Um, I see more people like that in our practice, but again, people come to us with these issues. So that's why I think it's a little higher. A wide spectrum of eating disorders from people who are mildly effective but can control and modify their lifestyle to people seriously compulsive overeaters and are, who suffer significant health consequences. Every show I've ever done, and I've done thousands, every lecture I've ever done, every patient I've ever seen, there's been probably tens of thousands. Every one of them, nutrition can benefit their, their situation. Eating a good diet can benefit. Taking good supplements can benefit. If they have pinched nerves, chiropractic can benefit. So there are things that we know that can benefit essentially everyone across the board. That's what I'd like to see being pushed. Even with the immune system. We talk about uh, the immune system and vitamin D is so important. Vitamin D is the most effective, least expensive insurance policy you'll ever buy when it comes to the immune system. 
everybody should be taking vitamin D unless they're out in the sun for 15, 20 minutes a day. And in this fall, winter, and spring, you're going to have to take it anyway. You're not going to get enough vitamin D even if you are in the sun. So there's a lot of things that we can do to help. So it's not just about weight. Some of the toughest, toughest uh, addictive habits I have with patients are little people, small people. They struggle every day. They're addictive like eating actually covers uh, uh, other issues. So there might be uh, issues like uh, 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 not eating enough, uh, too skinny. Folks, I realize I got to go to break. If you have, uh, I've got to end the show. Actually, if you have any questions, go to our website, drjoe.com, drjoe.com. I'm going to do a part two of this. I got way too much to cover. Uh, if you want to make an appointment to come see us, if you have neck pain, back pain, shoulder pain, digestive issues, nutrition issues, we have offices in Marietta, Duluth, Stockbridge, and West Cobb. Usually our first visit is $375. That's exam, x-rays, consultation, first treatment, and then a second visit going over your findings and a nutritional evaluation. It's normally $375. We've reduced it to $149 through the COVID crisis. Uh, we'd love to have you make an appointment. You can do it at drjoe.com or you can call us at 844-44-DR-JOE, 844-44-DRJOE. I'm Dr. Joe Esposito, drjoe.com. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to For the Health Fit. Remember to subscribe to this podcast and I'll help you naturally get well and stay well. You can also listen to and call into my radio show live Sunday evenings from 7 to 9 Eastern Time on WSBRadio.com and on the WSB Radio app. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.